Welcome to Yep Yeah Yes with Marissa and Tamika. I'm your co-host, Tamika, joined by my co-host, Marissa, on this beautiful yet cold Saturday afternoon. Although when you're listening to this, it's probably in the evening, Mother's Day, or two weeks later. So I don't know what the weather holds for you. But for us, it's a little chilly, yet sunny. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good, good. So today's topic is entitled, She Did That. We're basically going to talk about our moms, our aunts, women who did that, who, who made a, mo- made a, uh, a move, um, did something that we want to kind of highlight and, and uh, kind of praise in, ter- in time for uh, Mother's Day, which is tomorrow. But as I mentioned, some of you may be listening to this a week later, so two weeks later, a year later. So it may not be Mother's Day for you, but for us, Mother's Day is tomorrow. <laughs> and with that being said, she did that. She did what? <laughs> so Marissa, how's life? It's, it's good. It's good. Sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm positive. I don't know why. It came out real good. Suspect. A little okay. shaky there. I know. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Jeez. It's, it's good. It's good. It's cold. I'm stuck in the house. In the house, I'm stuck. Um, the highlight of my days are there's a mallard duck, male and female, that come to visit every day, and that is the highlight of the day. Do you feed them, or are you just? Um. Well, so I don't know if I'm feeding them, but I do throw some bread. Then that's feeding them. What are you talking about? And, you know, like my old vegetables and fruit. That's why they're coming back. They're like, she got that good shit. They're <laughs> trying to fuck with acorns. She got that whole wheat. <laughs> I got the focaccia bread last week, so it was oh, out. There you go. Oh, this sweet. <laughs> Give me back. Um, so anyways, she did that. Um, like, it's like one of those things where you know, we both have mothers who, um, who we've seen come through some shit. You yeah. Know what I mean? And so yep. trying to trying to pinpoint the one thing here or there, it gets a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, I guess I can I can tell a story about, you know, not a story, but kind of exemplify the type of person that my mother is. And then maybe go into some stories, you know, about her, my aunt, um, friends, cousins, whatever. Um, but the one thing that exemplifies who my mother is, so as, as I mentioned before, previous episodes, I was born with uh, a bone disease. And so, you know, my mother, she was 18 when I was born, turned 19 a few days later. did not like me to, to, to mention that, but yes, she was an 18 year old. She turned 19, day, 19 three days later. But anyway, she got this job. Um, and the job, like I had all these medical conditions. I was in the hospital for, you know, had surgeries upon birth. Like it was crazy. It's like, if it was today, my medical bills would probably be close to, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like almost a million. Like it was, oh. it was like on another level. Um, oh, okay. bilateral knee surgery you know like it's just and then if you add up all the surgeries over the years that I've had the the 
the amount that the the cost that came with that is just just massive. And the emotional cost too, like you said, she was a young mom. Right. So, so it's like, and then she, and you know, and I'm like released from the hospital or whatever, and you know, she can't stay in the hospital with me. So she's like getting a ride there every day. But the one thing that exemplifies who she is, not just the fact that she, you know, I got to check on my baby. I'll walk where I got to walk to go see her. But she got a job and that job ended up being a job where I, I don't remember if she, if that job got bought out by, by Citibank or she left that job and went to Citibank. But ultimately, by the time she retired from Citibank, she didn't have a college degree. She took some college courses here and there, but never ended up finishing it. But she ended up retiring as a VP. So, I mean, it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, her story is not just summed up with that. All the shit she went through from domestic violence to motherfuckers like robbing her. Reminds me of that little Kim. Um, remember, was it little Kim and Biggie? It's like, motherfuckers out here robbing me and shit. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> why why is it that like we're women of a certain bracket? So like we can we can boil down a lot of things to certain albums, and yeah. for me, Little Kim boils down to a lot of these albums. You're robbing me and shit. Anyway, um, so yeah, she she dealt with some real jerks, you know. From you know, I love my dad and everything, but he was a jerk to her. He wasn't he wasn't he didn't step up to the plate. He wasn't a man for her. But that didn't. She, did she go in a whole ball up and cry? Maybe she did. But did she stay there? No. She no. pulled herself up, took care of me, took care of herself, built her, built her, her way up to to now. She's just she's retired, but she's still worse because she wants to work. She does what she wants to do. She works. But can we? But can we add to the Hulk of just because you brought your dad into it? Can we? But that doesn't always happen. Just one second. Sorry. It. It, I paused it by mistake, so go back to that. <laughs> the Sorry, part the, right after you you said you wanted to interject, in, oh. interject. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, just to interject, let's be clear here. In a perfect world, this would happen, but it's not a perfect world. Your mother um, ensured that you had a relationship with your paternal grandmother and your paternal family, even though the relationship between her and your father, even you and your father was probably not as traditional as you guys wanted it to be. So that's a real woman there. And it, like I said, in a perfect world that that would happen, in a perfect world, um, you know, grandma would be, you know, your grandmother, grandma, because there's Nana and grandma, your paternal grandmother would be who she is. Like just, she was a very loving woman, just very open, very cordial, just very like a place where you knew you could go not only to get comfort, but to get like a a meal it's just very open so yes we would hope that every grandmother was like that but at the same time your mom ensured that certain things were in place for you to have not only a wonderful relationship with her and your dad's side of the family but to solidify that relationship and that I mean that's a hell of a woman right there it takes a lot I mean like I said it's, it's you know to have a have a baby born with special needs and you know do what you got to do work utilize your family as your village utilize your friends as your village and ultimately come on the other side where she's you know living her life you know she's she got a beautiful home 
you know, don't got to answer nobody. You know, her bills is paid. She got a great job, part-time job that she because decided she wants, that she wants to work, you know? Like, you know what I'm saying? So big up to my mom. I mean, like, that's a, that's a small, you know, sampling size. But when we talk about mothers, we talk about fathers, it's anybody can be a mother or a father. Well, some of us can be mother and father, but no, anybody can be a mother and father. It just comes in different, different forms, but it takes a real woman, a real woman to be a mom. Yeah. You know I mean? So I, I salute my mother. Happy Mother's yeah. Day, mom. Love you. Happy Mother's Day. She's just, I have to say though, like that's, that it's, it's such a, it's a, such an example of, um, not only but strength, but like, like you said, resilience. There's, there's such a, a layered story to her life and, you know, her life as a mother and how she, she navigated all that. And there's a lot to be said to having, you know, for, for her to be in the point that she is right now, not only to have happiness, to have security and to, to do the things that she wants to do because she feels like it. That's, that's the ultimate goal. I think we all have as individuals, you know, to get to a certain point where you're just like, I'm here because I want to, sweetheart. I'm not here because I have to. Right. And, and, and you command different relationships because of that. And it's, it's, I, that's a beautiful thing. And that's something that I definitely strive for as a woman. Right. So what about like your mom? Anything you want to share? You know what, my mom, so I, I think about that and it's like, I'm always shitting on my mom. I know that. I know that. I like her though. And you know, I respect, I, I respect the gangster that is, you know, Marina, but it's like, I'm always, I feel like I'm always shitting on her, but you know, she was, she was, well, she had me at 24 turning 25, had my brother 23 turning 24, right? We're like in, within a few months, not as close as you as your mom. Cause it's only like a few days. So um, she was just like, whenever I think of her, I, I always have to remember she had as a journey and she has a struggle and all that stuff. And I always look at my relationship with her from a self-centered point of view, because I'm always like, this bitch always had her shit together. She, um, had great jobs. Again, my mom didn't finish. She, she started school to be a nurse that she, she walked into. Oh, really? Science. Yeah. I didn't know that. I know. Right. She said she walked into like a biology class, I think it was, and she said there was cats pinned up. She walked in, she walked out, went to registrar and dropped out of school. She was, um, I could see that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. She always had, a, she always had a desire to be a stewardess, but at the time there was a height restriction and she was five feet even. So she didn't make it. I think it was like five, two or something like that. And she just didn't make it. So she was like, the next best thing, I walked on Fifth Avenue and I walked into British Airways and I said, are you hiring? And she was with BA for almost like 18 years, something like that. And um, from there, she um, opened up her own travel agency, which was fantastic, afforded a lot of beautiful things for me and my brother. Even British Airways did. We went on, on a lot of um, travel. We traveled a lot, especially younger. Um, I didn't want to interrupt though, because there's something very key that might be something that can motivate other people. It's like when you, that, those three things right there told me three things. You don't stop. Just because 
one door closes. And even when she went to British Airways, that wasn't the end. Like there's people that, not to say that it's not, that it's, that it's not okay to work somewhere and then retire from that place. But when she was like, okay, now I'm gonna start my own shit. You know what yep. I mean? Like that takes a special type of person and not just like successful. And that's the thing too. It's like, and, and that's, and that's why I think I'm constantly like shitting on my mom because I'm always just like, whatever you like, you seem to always work out, but I have to remember too, like she worked for it to work out. So she, the reason she left British Airways, cause at the time we were living in, in Puerto Rico, they were closing the San Juan office and they offered her to go anywhere she wanted. She was married at the time. And my stepdad lived in the BVI in Tortola. And she was like, he's not American and he didn't want to come to America. So she was like, nah, I'll retire. And then from there, she, she like sat around for a month and was just like, you know, I've always wanted my own travel agency. Okay, let's do it. And she just did it. And she, that, when I tell you this bitch worked hard, I know this bitch worked hard because I saw it. I was there with her. I saw right. it. So she just worked hard and she just did the damn thing. And that, like you said, you know, it's one of those things like, if, you know, when people, when, when, so we all have different definitions of success, but when we see someone that we define as successful, they're constantly saying you create your own opportunities. Not everyone's afforded that. Not everyone can just be like, I'm going to open up my own travel agency. It was also a different time in a different place in the world. I get that. She also had economic advantages that other people didn't. So let's, let's paint a clear picture as well. So, um, and I'm not, this is not a disparity to her. She worked for these economic advantages and, and, you know, things that, that, and relationships with airlines and things like that. So she, she did work, but, um, whenever I look at her and I look at my dad, even my brother, I will say, because I, I define my brother's, um, career life to be very successful. And I'm just talking in, in the concept of career because I was talking about my mom and um, British Airways and then her travel agency. So I, I define them as successful because they had a desire to do something and just did it. You right. know, like my brother, since I could recall, he was always like, I'm growing up and I'm going to be GI Joe. And he just retired as Lieutenant Colonel in the army and then got a job as a civilian doing what he did in the army. I mean, seriously, you know what I mean? Like, it, like it, here I am at 40 and I'm still trying to write my, my successful career, you know, scope because I didn't really, I don't really, I never really knew what I wanted to do. Well, anyway. you're a year younger than him. So you got a year to get up to catch up. 13 months. Okay. You got 13 months to catch up. I know, but see, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, it's so funny because it's like she, whenever, whenever, and I remember a conversation you and her had. Um, I don't know if you recall this, that you were, you were talking about something and she was just like, if that doesn't make you happy, then don't do it. You only do what makes you happy. I, don't even remember. I remember we were in, we were in, um, her apartment. How many mimosas did I have by then? None. I don't know why I don't None. remember. You guys were just, you were, and you were standing, which was odd because you were standing and you were, you were saying something like, yeah, I've always wanted to do that, but, you know, and she was like, then just do it. You do what makes you happy. You'll have to do things that define your life. You can't live your life for anyone else. And that, in and of itself, in an emotional capacity, is extremely successful. Because I feel we, especially as women, 
consistently strive to make other people happy when it comes to our life. So whenever we talk to someone, it's like, oh, I see you in this light. You, you in, a, in, in some facet, begin to weave in this like desire to fulfill, to fulfill whatever they define for you. Or like, mm, let's say like, I remember at one point in my life, I told my dad I wanted to go into the army. It just, I was younger, but it just sounded like there's so many opportunities. There's so many, it affords you so much opportunity in and after. And it was just like a something. And he was like, no, that's not for girls. And mind you, my dad was a very big feminist. He was, he had four sisters. He was a huge proponent of like you doing you. Like there's no, um, um, defined roles, gender specific roles. There's none of that. He was, but for some reason when he did that, I felt so crushed. But I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, that's not an option. What does he want me to do? What, what life did he see for me and try to fulfill that? That's, I think, I think you, as I do love music, um, <laughs> as I do love music, um, I tried to fulfill that part of him because he had night a nightclub. So, um, I tried to fulfill that part, but that didn't work out because that just wasn't for me. Well, what, what do you think? Okay. You went onto a whole thing about your father. Let's go back to your mother. Yeah. So when you think about your mom, what, 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 how would you sum up, like make, pick three words that would sum up who your mother was to you or the world or just the three words that come to mind? Extremely smart. That's, that's two words. Smart. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> driven. Okay. This might be controversial to some people that know her. Kind. No, if you don't, if you don't know her, if you don't believe that, if that's controversial to you. Well, the, the, here's the thing though, because there's, because I think people define kind and, as nice. There's a difference between being nice and being kind. You know, nice is telling you that you constantly look pretty. Kind is telling you when you don't. Kind is letting you know, hey, you're not acting in the spirit of, of who I the word kind. Mean. So, so why do you think that that would be controversial? Because she was very sharp-tongued, um, and I believe some people received how she was speaking to be harsh. And while her intention wasn't to be harsh, perhaps the delivery was, the intention wasn't to be harsh. The intention was to be kind and let you know that your bullshit is bullshit. So the definition that I see, maybe I should get from a different definition, but obviously the word kind can mean many different things. It's like, it's one of those words, like kind of mm -hmm. and kind person, you know what I mean? Right. But in terms of this person, it's one who can do anything for the other person, other for the other who is needy without giving a second thought and without thinking about himself. A kind person is empathetic. He not only understands the needs of a person, but also helps them. A kind person is ready to help others every time. See, she was kind to some. <laughs> okay. She was. She but was I don't kind. know if that's like, like there's, that's, 
I, I mean, it depends. The, the definition can be different depending on who you speak the connotation. to. Um, yeah, like so. Um, what you call Webster says, uh, uh, like to give pleasure, affectionate, loving. That's Webster. Webster ain't shit right now. No, I be I believe yeah. I I believe that about her though. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm like when you, like I think that like the true nature of who she was mm -hmm. was a kind person, a giving person, yeah, an empathetic person. Yes, I thought about yeah. others, their yeah. needs and their desires. Um, sometimes I think that um, her way of giving of herself was misguided by monetary because you know there's some people that that are like. I, I give you money. That means I, I care. But and I think sometimes she mistook um, giving as yeah. monetary as as opposed to of herself. Yes. And in actuality, I feel like that's what you wanted more than anything from her. I wanted it all. Um, but but I'm, if you had to choose between money and her, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I made yeah. At the end of the day, I made my choices. I got nothing and gave of myself because she was deserving of it. And I got moments with her that I never would have gotten before. Um, but so that's why, that's why I say she, she was definitely very, very kind. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember like a moment where, um, like, hmm, I'm trying to think, you know what I have to say? One of the things that when she started to do this, I was like, really why i didn't i didn't realize because i was just young in 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 thought and mentality um she started to volunteer to translate for um at the courthouse for battered and abused women mm -hmm. um so when I she was she was talking about that or it came up or something i don't remember exactly but yeah and she did that on her own accord on her own time just helping people out and that's i think one of those things that um she never really spoke about that. Um, well, not only that for privacy of other people, she never really um, spoke on it, but that was one of those things that was like, um, perhaps not on the forefront of, of, of your mind or my mind even when, when you think, I think of her. Right. But she was just like, that was something that she did. And you know what I have to say, she always, she always donated her clothes to um the red cross that was down there but what they did was they actually gave clothes away and it was again to the um the women's shelter so she was just very kind in the, in that sense where she just she allocated her time which is was one of those the time is a precious commodity um and to allocate your her time to that i think was just such a really kind thing that she did and that was one of the things that upheld who she is was as a person i think the the thing that was that that i recognized in her is that she was one of those rare people that would do something because you just spoke to it like she didn't tell mm -hmm. people about the tr translating she's one of those rare, rare people who, who didn't want the the accolades there's not too many people that i mean even i have conversations with you and you know on the side you're like i want accolades and i'm the same way it's like this motherfucker didn't even say thank you i know i just want to be appreciated <laughs> right like recognize what i just did for you bitch you know did you get my card 
<laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. She was never like that. She was just like, no. she didn't even want anybody to like know. No, like, she, you know, didn't. because I feel like it would fuck up her her image. Isn't that so funny how like the image that she portrayed was obviously her. She was definitely a good time. She was definitely um, one who enjoyed her champagne and wine. Um, she was definitely out to have a good time. But at the same time, they didn't realize that this bitch was giving her time to things without even looking for acknowledgement. And I, that was just such a true spirit of, of her giving of herself. And like you said, like, I always, I want, I just want to be appreciated. Like, yeah. It's so funny. My school had a, had a, um, an, a Zoom assembly, right? And it was, a, we have this thing called like the energy bus. And it's kind of like, you know, you're the driver of your own bus. And it's like these key principles that we constantly teach. I'm sorry, I saw you tune out. <laughs> um, so we were doing it and I, and I went on, but I didn't realize that it wasn't under my name. It was under one of my son's names. So the principal is like saying hi to everybody. And I'm typing, I'm here too. And I'm like, oh my God, this assembly number one ain't about me. <laughs> I do not need to be acknowledged, but it was, uh, of course. This is, that's, I think that's human nature, but I never, I mean, I'm sure your mother had moments like that too, but that wasn't something that she exhibited that I yeah. ever saw. You know, yeah. she never needed people to, 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 she never needed to be validated by yeah. a person's congratulations or a thank you. Yeah, and that's a very hard thing to transcend to. I don't know. I don't, I can't think of any people. I don't know of anybody that's like that, that I can think of off the top of my head that doesn't, you know, seek a thank you or recognition or you know what I, you know, don't forget, you know what I mean? And I, that includes myself. I'm like, I'm like. But you, but you do that. You, you volunteer at a lot and then like, Movie yeah, but I think, but I'm talking about more so like the giving of, you know, uh, uh, giving of time. It's like, you know, I'll donate to some charity or somebody's GoFundMe or stuff like that. But I think like in my interpersonal relationships, like I seek a, hey, did you get the card I sent you? You know, uh, I got it, you know? did you get the, what, you know, like, it's yeah. just, I think a lot of people are like that though. You know, it's just, yeah. it's in our nature. And so for her to be the antithesis of that is like, that's pretty big. You know what I yeah. mean? I wonder at what point and what, where you have to be in your own personal spirit to get to that level, to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to give and I'm going to do and, and the need for everything else goes away. Like, or, I, or was it something, or was it the, the catalyst of consistent rejection? You don't, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I can't have that conversation, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting thought because I think about, um, I think about, I'm, I'm a very, I, I know I'm an, an affectionate person. I realize that, but with this pandemic that we're, we're going through, um, I'm not obviously outside of, outside of, you know, my nucleus, I, I'm not like that. So if I see someone, it's a, Hey, and I realized that I was being affectionate for selfish reasons because I needed it right. not to say the other person did. And it's so funny because like, I know, like, listen, a hug feels great, but I was doing that for me, not for someone else. And it made me think like, am I going to change once all this is over and done with, am I going to change and continue to be this way? 
because I want to show that another person matters or is it for me? So it, it's it definitely me for you. Cause you are like somebody else in my family who continues to hug, 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 even though I'm like, all right, all right. Like I, it's, it's too much for me cause I'm not a hugger. And so when the <laughs> hug goes too long, I know it's not about me. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I mean. So now, 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 because I know it and, and I, I brought it to my own attention. So now going forward, what is the intention? Where, right. where's, where's the spirit of this? If it's for me, then that's selfish. So, but if it's for another person and then that's the whole like idea. So that's, that's one of the things, like you said, I'm, I, I'm trying to remember my mom, how she did things for other people and she, do you know how many free tickets she gave to people that were fleeing domestic violence you have no idea you have absolutely no idea how much she has done and she never and the only reason i know about it because i just happen to like help her um when i'm there i kind of like you know you're there i was there going there like every month for a weekend every two months all the time and i just happen to like help her work on the weekend sometimes where like deliver tickets pick up money you know get lunch things like that and i'm like why you got me going to these neighborhoods like why am i doing this why am i meeting somebody in the supermarket by the cheese like what's happening here and it's like no that lady's fleeing and she's going to her home country and she's leaving and you're like, oh and now like, even probably at that time you probably weren't fully grasping it but now 20 years later or however many years later yeah. it probably makes a lot more sense and you it makes you appreciate her more i'm sure absolutely especially as as a as a a mother and then you know on top of that as a as a a woman you know like i still think of myself as a 12 year old kid but whatever um as a as a woman you know you think like damn you know that like you're here for the sisterhood like you're really here for the cause and i appreciate it I appreciate that you're here, here for it, but not wanting to boast about it. That's where that's, that's the ultimate goal. Right. Not I, I think about like, I think about my mom too, is like, um, you know, you know, with the domestic violence and stuff and even like opening her home to allow people to stay there so they get their shit together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or just, counseling and, and stuff like that and to be able to do that no you know there's a lot of people that go through stuff in life whether it's domestic violence whatever the case may be but they don't often mentor and tell other people how they made it to the other side or how they rose to the top or, or you know they there's not too many i don't know if there's too many people that are like true mentors you know yeah. that are truly there for people and um I don't know. It's it's something to think about when as we recognize our mothers. Um, I, I think about, I think about. So our mothers are, I think, around the same age, right? Yeah, um, I think your mom is like a year or two old or something like that. I think maybe three. I'm not sure. So anyway, I think about that, and I think about. So there's so many people trying to fight aging, right? And 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 trying to to not see the beauty that that comes with time. But I, when, I, when I think of that next level spiritual opening and awareness and fulfillment, I think about that when it comes to age. And when I look at our moms that are able to give, like your mom can counsel someone without fulfilling a need. Like, because, you know, like sometimes like, oh, my mom died. Oh, my mom died too. I remember. When did the, now I'm talking to you. 
because I need therapy. Your mom is there to listen and to that moment, She is Mrs. Me Too, and I've told her this. Stop. But your mom has been able to counsel in a way that is not there to 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 speak just about her, not right. to just vomit her information. She's there to listen to what is happening to you and to provide counsel for your need. And that is that again, that's that's that next level transcendence of that that spiritual fulfillment and, and calmness and, and just something and that might that, be my purpose. I don't know. Yeah. Like what the fuck is my purpose? I need to start writing. I have all these book ideas during quarantine and I'm like I have told you time and time again that you are a writer that as a reader I have visceral reactions to it and you write in such a way that not only it's visceral it's just visceral and I, I, I like I've said before you're there to tell stories to provide people with a level of I'm not alone I feel connected and better and to move to that next phase of that emotional calmness it's weird because like i every every week we get off the off the show i'm like i'm gonna write i'm gonna do a food continue my food blog i'm gonna do this writing and then like this morning i saw that you know andre harrell passed away founder of, of uptown records and i i recall the the time that i met him i go to, even though it's the diaper- james brown right what and James Brown, right? Not James. James Brown been dead. Not Little James, Richard. Little Richard. Oh my God. I can't look at you without thinking about James Brown. See, why you gotta... You ain't even right. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. Anyway, so... Um, so I, I thought about the time that I had met him. And I was... I went into the city. This is the thing about me, okay? I'm the type of person who gets like strives to get to a point and then when I get there I'm like eh. <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't I don't I put 100% effort into getting to that point then I get there I'm just like eh. I give about 80 so, 90 it's not for you it's but not no for- but it is for me it's like things that I dream about and I get that like so with Andre Harrell I wanted to be in the music industry so bad I was working at Sam Goody and this is before I started working at Ryko. So it was like a year, like during that time, like I had gotten a job at Ryko within that same frame period. Anyway, I'm in the city. I got my power suit on. I'm walking around the city. I, I had a job interview. And I was like, I'm just going to walk over to the, um, I was in Times Square. I'm like, I'm just going to walk over to like the, 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 um, the Virgin Maker store, walk around there. And I cut up, go down the street. And I see that it is the BMG building. I was like, wow. And I'm standing there and I see Andre Harrell. I'm like, oh shit, this is my, this is my moment. So I take out my resume and I hand it to him. And he, he, he gives me like the brush off type of, you know, like whatever kid. I give him the resume, he folds it up and puts it in his pocket, in his breast pocket, the inside breast pocket. And like for a second, I, I like quivered a little bit because I was like, he just fucking disrespected me. And I was like, if, if you're not going to read that, I, I can just take it back. I don't know where I got the courage to say that. And he looked at me. He took it out of his pocket, unfolded it. He's like, I'll take a look at it. He's like, okay. And I w- kept on walking. And I, I hope you know, I was working in that building a year later. In that same fucking building. 
And the first day that I worked there, I'm in the elevator and it, I'm in the elevator with Puff Daddy, who is- I don't remember this. It's just crazy. I, I mean, it's just a side note, but it's just like one of those things where you just never, there's people out there, our mothers are people who are always determined and go after stuff. And I think they instilled that in us. But I think the same, same thing that we share is that we go for it and then we stop. Yeah, that's totally me. That's, that's like, that's like that's percent me. Get your degree and say, all right, well, I'm good. Okay. Got a degree. Right. <laughs> and another one. <laughs> now, what I think that's easy in life, you know? I know. But you know what? It's so funny. You paused a little bit. Hopefully you'll come back. Not sure if you guys can hear me. Uh, hopefully Marissa will be back in a minute. Are you back, Marissa? I'm back. Okay. You were paused for, for a hot minute. Oh, my bad. But I'm saying like the depth and breadth of our life, if we were to snapshot it, it would be the same thing because it's like, look at you. This bitch was not supposed to walk, but she did. This bitch fucking played the oboe and the viola viola the oval the viola the viola, the viola <laughs> played field hockey and you couldn't even walk when you were born you know what i mean like you I wasn't we supposed were born. To, I was not supposed to walk here and here you are you got hearing aids and then you're working in the music industry what the fuck right like, you know what i'm saying it's like it's a, it but that's that, this is what i'm saying it's like but you didn't stop i still remember your cover letter for when you sent to bmg and i remember telling you this a while ago that bitch was hungry that bitch was getting a job yeah i Just still have bitch. it i might post it that bitch was hungry that I'll bitch that, that shit was to get a job and That's i think the problem that, is i got my plate and i didn't wait for dessert you know oh. well, i got my appetizer i didn't wait for the meal oh shit that's the problem people get up they like they get full up of that appetizer and then they take the the, the 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 meal home or take a couple bites of the meal, take it home, put it in the fridge, and then it gets old and they throw it away. Hmm. Life That's is about eating. If you're gonna order it, eat it. That's what life is about. If you're gonna if you're gonna order an appetizer, go order some calamari, eat the calamari. You're gonna order a, a, a ribeye steak, eat the steak. You order a cheesecake. Eat the cheesecake. Eat the whole. You pay for it. You put in the work. You pay for it. Eat it. Eat it. I, I didn't eat it. So funny. So why do you think you didn't eat it? Because the, my personality is not one that is very like I. So I, I spoke to my dad earlier today, and he was like, "You was real nasty to me on Facebook," because he called me social. He's like, uh, "People like you are so social." I saw that. You must not know me then. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, boy, that was nasty. <laughs> you read it nasty. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not social. He's like, you are social. You're always going places. I was like, going places, going to sit at a bar by myself is one thing. Going to a bar and meeting up with other people is another thing. And that's where I'm not ever able to eat my full meal because I'm the type of person who will show up for dessert show up for appetizer show up for the meal but won't eat it and that's just my that's just the type of person i am i'm just i'm like insecure when it comes to interacting with people but if i'm one-on-one -on -one, like i went up to andre harrell i went up to la reed like one-on-one -on -one, i'm like i have no problem if it's a group setting and i see other people with them i'm like 
know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I, I can't never take it to the next step. And so that's just the story of my life. And it's okay. Maybe, like I said, I, I posted this on, on Twitter. Like, I just write a book about, like, I was almost there. Something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but see, but, but here's the thing, though. And I keep telling you, even though you were almost there, you were there. You, you, you were in places that, that other people have dreamed about still. Um, and, and I keep telling you, you're very, you're, you articulate in such a way that is visceral. So I really, truly believe that that is, that's your journey. That's your, you, you provide a sense of peace and wholeness that, especially for topics that, that people don't often talk about. I, talk I, about I wish my, like my mom, I get that from my mom. She's also a writer, We're working on a book together, waiting for her to finish her part. And I can't wait for it to come out when we finally publish it so people can see the how how our lives have paralleled each other how we've intertwined each other how i get my writing from her my way to tell a story all of that it's it, it's from her you know what i mean i am me she is me i am her you know what i mean and so you know i i'm nothing i'm none of this without her i'm the, my my ability to go up to you know whoever and have that strength that comes from her yeah but that's well but also the my lack of confidence comes from her you know i think that that actually comes from your dad no it, i don't believe it because i've seen her in situations where i wanted her to be this strong woman and she wasn't it's like learned behavior yeah you know i think with my dad it's like from my dad i feel like i get i, I don't want to talk about my it's not my this is mother's day to say his mom, but I think you know if I remember Jay Z had this one line I, I've referenced it before. In in order to be uh, Bobby Brown, then you had to be Bobby Brown now. Are you willing to go through the journey? And so, the, when I think about my mother, it's like in order for her to get to where she is today, she had to go through what she went through then. You know what I mean? She probably yeah. has a recliner right now listening to this or sitting outside drink, drinking a glass of wine. Yeah. That she had to go through a lot to get to that point. You know what I mean? And so when I, it, you gotta, I, I take the good and the bad. I, ha, I can't just be like my mom, she, I, everything that she is, is just so great. I have to remember the bad times in order to, to appreciate the good time. Everything can't be all hunky dory roses and everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, you know, I'm grateful for her and I just, you know, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Love you. Happy Mother's Day. So what about, what about, um, like, the other women in your life? Like, your aunts or any aunt that you want to highlight or a friend or anybody in your life, whether it's good or bad, that for Mother's Day, that taught you how to be the kind of the mother that you are today? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is so obscure. So obscure. I, I was thinking, um, I was thinking about, so I'm, I'm not too much of a yeller. Um, I speak sternly to my kids. I don't quite yell. Um, and that was actually learned. I have a cousin named Agnes and um, her children were born when I was about 15, 14, her oldest maybe, I think. I don't know, whatever my math. Yeah, about 15. 
And so I watched her as a mother, but you know, I was young, but not old. Anyway, um, she never yelled and she used to take them to the side when she scolded them. And, um, she would never like, you know how sometimes like, Hey, 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 hey don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop doing that. She never did that. I never saw her do that. She walked over, took them to the side, spoke to them. And that's one of the things that I carried with me as a parent, because my mom, not that she was a yeller or not a yeller, she would just, you know, yell it out. My grandma beat the shit out of me. Um, you know, like my dad was a bit of a yeller too. Not, no, actually, no, he wasn't a yeller. He was a scolder, but he didn't like, he was never around. So who gives a shit? Um, but I just think about that, like that snapshot, I got that from her and there's a sense of calmness in her kids now as adults that I, I hope that my kids have as they grow up because of that. And then I have actually, um, my cousin Debbie, I think about her sometimes as a parent and I, and I see how um, her and her mother have a way of making you feel very special. Um, and I, I try to emulate that, especially around other people, not just my kids, but just like my interpersonal relationships. And I'm constantly, um, like, I don't, I don't know where actually this, the, the one thing that I do that I really don't know where I got, I don't know if that came from like losing my parents or what, I don't know, but it's one of those things that every once in a while I'll be like to a random person, especially like the people I work with, I'll be like, you know, I really like when you do X, Y, and Z. I think that's really nice. And then it's kind of like, oh, oh, you know, like it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Or like, and then um, I think about my, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother. She's so sweet. And she really showed you that she loved you in service. So she always wanted to cook your favorite meal even though it wasn't my favorite meal, but you know what I mean? Like she thought it was, Yeah. you know what I mean? She thought it was, but I always had that ready with, she always had it ready when I was coming over. So it was like, the, you know, that, that service. Why that was grandmothers just, like that? Like, I don't, my grandma would make cheesecake for my birthday every year. And I think, thanks. And that's before I like cheesecake. And I'd be like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to, she's like, you want to take it with you? I was like, no, you know more people. <laughs> I think about that. I think about that constantly. So I, I so it's 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 my little one's birthday, right? And um, I was like, "Do you want a cake?" It's yeah. tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You you said it like I was like, "Oh shit, it's today." No, tomorrow. So I was like, "Do you want a cake?" Yeah. What kind of cake? Chocolate. You like chocolate, right? Isn't that your favorite? He's like, "No." Oh, that's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> And so I constantly think about that, like, oh shit, I just did my grandmother right now. She used to make me like spaghetti, but Hispanic spaghetti, Spanish spaghetti, Hispanic spaghetti. I it's spaghetti with meat sauce, but it was like it was like a Spanish version of it. I don't know why she thought that that was my favorite dish. She always had it ready. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What is the Spanish version of spaghetti? Um, it was like it's not in your household. We should say so we don't offend the cubans and the mexicans and the, everybody and their mother's like no that's how that's how you make it she ain't a real puerto rican oh my god i've been called that plenty of times jesus christ um it was just spaghetti but it wasn't like saucy it was like thick and it had meat in it i don't know 
I don't know how she made it. I mean, it was good. It wasn't my favorite, I, but I it, it like I'm not Italian, but I can't eat no spaghetti without meat in it. You know, although I'm sure that's the real the Italian way is maybe with sauce and and the spaghetti, no meat, right? And a meatball. Every Italian restaurant I go to is no meat sauce. It's sauce and a meatball. But it's just like rice. You add a different bean to it, and it's a completely different dish. Yeah. So there's the bolognese sauce. The well, spaghetti sauce. is supposed to be spaghetti. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. No, like spaghetti is supposed to be a traditional way of making it. Even when you look at the commercials, it's like it's not. It don't. It's, it's not like ground beef. Oh, it's just the tomato sauce, right? Yeah. I got to tell you, you make the best meat sauce ever for spaghetti. Girls, don't. And you ain't telling a lie. <laughs> Our shit is, is right. But the two things I'm going to do when this, when this quarantina is over, I am going to come to your house. I'm going to give you a big ass hug. Oh, girl. As long as there's a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be, oh, you taking the vaccine? Huh? You're going to take a vaccine? I'm not one of those people. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm taking a vaccine. After I make sure other people are walking around with a healthy. I ain't going to get it on the first. It's like an iPhone. Didn't you mention this? <laughs> anyway, I get a flu shot. So whatever. Anyway, um, I'm going to give you a hug. And then I'm going to um, commence to cooking some spaghetti with Tamika's meat sauce. Oh, girl. I'm a, I... My eyes are tearing up right now. <laughs> yes, please do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, so, I just want to, before we like change subject, I just want to get in this one thing. So I have my aunt, my aunt Pam, and she. I also celebrate her on Mother's Day. I love her. She, to me, is like, she. she's my mother's sister, and... She's that woman who's like, she's real fucked up to me when I was growing up. <laughs> okay. She, but she's not that much. She's like, like a 12, 13 years older than me. Something like that. Uh, something around 16, maybe something, something around that area, you know, yeah. like a teenager. Yeah. I was born. And, um, like, I just remember the, the one thing you would think like a kid with special needs, like everybody coddled you. No, no. They called me. Tar baby, black banana. <laughs> okay, I would got called every kind of name, deaf, big toe. Like it just, it was like on a whole other level. But it made me strong. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing though: let somebody else talk like that. She right would fuck them up at the end of the day. When the, by the time I became a teenager, she like I remember I would come to New York in the summers, and she would pay me to babysit her kids, but she would be home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. She just wanted me to have pocket money. She's yeah. that woman. She's my friend now. We'll go to yeah. the casino together. We'll go to food shopping together. Like she's my true and true blue friend. You know what yeah. I mean? And so yeah. when I, you know, sometimes a mother figure isn't necessarily in the form that you expect them to be. She, she, she toughened me up in a way that nobody yeah. else could. Like, somebody else calling me Tar Baby wouldn't mean as much because my, like, I'm already getting that at home. Like, come with something new, you know? <laughs> like, if like, we play play Monopoly and, and, you know, she'd make fun of me, like, 
losing and getting all Baltic and Mediterranean or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was just, it's just foul, just some foul shit. I, I remember one time we were somewhere and she was like, look, there your meat meat is. Like, we were talking about something. I just looked at her and I was like, you can't even be mad because she's just like I know she loves me. For her to talk to me like that, like I know she loves right. me. Right? She ain't gonna say that to anybody. No, right. it just I don't know why, but that was like the nicest mean. Lady she can ever. insult you, and you feel like oh, thank you. You know, yeah. it's like her way. I don't think I've ever told her that I love her, but I love her. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't even think I have to strengthen me to tell her that, because that's not the type of family I come from. Like the only person in this side of the family that I say I love you to is my mother, and so I wonder, wonder how um, she would receive that. I don't. She'd it, be so it wouldn't even come out of my mouth. That's how tough it is. It's hard. She like she probably start laughing and be like, ah, "Shut the fuck up." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you're just like, oh, you know, okay, okay. It's just crazy. I I know when I used to write letters from college, I would say. You love, love Tamika, and, she, and whenever yeah. we give each other cards, she's like, love Pam, but in terms of saying it vocally, yeah, I don't recall her ever saying it to me. I'm sure she had when I was little, and I don't recall ever saying it to her, which is the same thing. I may have said it to her, but it's just, but I know, I feel it, you know? Yeah. So that, and that's why it's like, um, you can think like words hold power, or word is just a word, you know? Mm-hmm. It's about how you feel. It depends on how you want to take it in that moment. But when it yeah. comes to her and the rest of my family, it's like this that feeling is is means yeah. more to me than the words. Because if she told me she loved me, I'd be like, Oh God, what happened? You know, oh, she's going. Yeah. Right. Like it's just the end of the world. The corona you got the Rona, you know, something like that. You know, you'd be like, yeah. What happened? So Yeah. I, I don't know. But speaking of Rona, I wanted to you know, kind of transition to. So, we got. I had to get the kids to do another. They're probably too grown now to to re-record it. Their voices have changed. You know, Ew. the little one still has his baby accent, though. Yeah, but you know. Anyway, so I want to um transition. So we're talking about Rona every week. We. You know, as long as we're going to be locked down, it's like, it's hard to avoid, you know, talking about the, the COVID-19 in some way or another. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the opening of the country in different states. Spring open. Is it too soon? Don't be mad. Yes. Why would I be mad? Oh, because I thought, like, I don't, I don't know, like, you waiting for things to open back up. I, I am not waiting cool. for shit to open back up. Are you kidding me? I thought I you were going to be like, when you said don't be mad, I was like, this chick out here watching Fox News. No, no. <laughs> Fox News. <laughs> oh, my God, Lord. I no, I don't watch Fox News. Um, But I will say, I don't, I, I... I sound like a crazy person. They out here to get us. They trying to kill us. They're opening up so we could be the ones out there to get it and die. And so they could be all done with us. So I I saw somebody post and you know, it's like, it's easy to, the thing about social media and posts is that people make 
write one sentence and you're like, yeah, you like wholeheartedly agree with it or disagree with it. And yeah. without really giving it true thought and really taking the time to investigate the facts or non-facts behind it. But somebody did post, um, they were like, funny how the, the people insisting on the country opening started doing it after they said that majority of the people catching it were black folk or not catching it, dying from it for black people. And it's like, not to, and, and the COVID sees no color, no, no race, no gender, no, you know what I mean? It's just anybody can catch it. Who's going to fall? Who's more susceptible to dying from it? You know? And then There's on top of economic factors to that. And then on top of that, how, you see how they're trying to reform education? What, wait, um, I didn't see that. They're trying to reform education in New York to look more like charter schools. Um, but there's such a economic disparity to that because, um, if, if you're not providing, um, adequate and equal opportunity to everyone, you fall into the hole that, um, those with, um, larger economic voices get the larger portion of the benefits. So you right. need to spend a certain amount of money per child in order for them to have an, an equal and adequate um, education. And I'm not saying that money equals a good education. Obviously there's more factors that go into that, but when it comes to like, um, you know, uh, professional development and teacher development, um, um, new techniques and methods and, and things like that, because you know, education is consistently evolving because how we process information, how we deliver that information needs to consistently change based on our needs. So if I have a classroom of 40 kids and 20 come on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 20 come on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then 40 come on Friday, how am I teaching? How am I, how am I adding? Who's getting what? Who's okay. getting what? Exactly. But now here's the thing though. So if my teacher to student ratio doesn't matter because now we can transition to virtual because people are saying now that this virtual landscape is the same. But here's the thing though. Now um, they're changing how the deliverance of the internet is based on your um, economic power. So I can get a larger bandwidth. I can see you uninterrupted in our Google Classroom, but because I can't afford the larger bandwidth, I see you interrupted on our Google Classroom. But now here's the thing though, my reading comprehension is not the same as someone else based on a multitude of factors. How is that deliverance of information to me and someone else exactly the same? It is not. There's certain things that need to be delivered face-to-face uh, -face based on our, um, you know, our fine motor skills, our, our um, processing and things like that. So um, I think there's way too many things changing and the ones that are benefiting are again, the same pocket of people. And I have a problem with that. It's, it's the whole thing is going to look when this thing is quote unquote over mm -hmm. and there's a cure or, you know, vaccine or whatever, this country is going to look very different. And unfortunately, I do believe that it's going to be even more divided. This thing has not, this thing has brought people further apart than they already were. Yeah. And, you know, you say what you want to say about who's running the country and stuff, but we need a leader that brings us together. 
But it's not just that. It's not just one leader. Look at look at look at how that breaks down to state by state by state by local. Um, we need to. We but need it starts at the. Everything starts at the top. You know, I, I think it all starts at the top. I, I don't agree with that. And the reason I don't is because the way politics worked is that everyone is serving someone else. So if we go, if, if, we're, if we're holding our local leaders accountable and they have to scream to the next one and scream to the next one and scream to the next one, it goes, I believe it goes in reverse order. It doesn't go from top down, it goes from bottom up. And I think if we consistently educate ourselves and understand how, um, how all this works and who's really in charge, then we can finally see a difference because there's definitely power in numbers. The problem is our numbers are not showing up. Our numbers are no, not. I, yet. I, no, I definitely agree with that. But I also believe that when you have a leader that speaks to everyone, that has the ability to, to come into every single living room, kitchen, bedroom, whatever it is every day, like everybody can't listen to Cuomo around the country. Mm -hmm. Everybody can't listen to this governor or Newsom or whoever, you know what I mean? Kemp, every, I think when, when you, it starts at the top in terms of, obviously the president, Congress, they can't do it all alone. That's why we have three branches of the government. But I think the message has to be a consistent message. It has to be a message of uplifting. When, when, when we had 9-11, George Bush went out there to World Trade Center amongst the, our police environment. And he said, I got your back, I'm here, I'm here. And that book, that, that, you know, Democrat, Republican, independent, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, we were all like, all right, Bush, regardless of your politics, we're with you. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That's exact, that's, that, I'm not talking about policies and stuff like that. But people look to someone who can, we, but when there's so many different voices and they're varying voices, they all have a different way of seeing things and doing things. It makes the whole, everybody's chaotic. Everybody's, the, the, it trickles down to the people where we're all like, oh, I disagree. I don't believe in that. But if we all have one common goal to get this country moving together, united, and we all agree on one thing, we don't all see, agree on one thing. But, but see, I think that's the problem. So, and, and I'm not defending one side or another. I, I'm not looking for my, um, my leadership to come from one person, right? I, 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 not that I credit or discredit. I just know where um, um, motivation will come from, right? I, the problem is, is that we're so divided that we can't even agree on, I think we all, want our economy to do well we want our children to grow up and have opportunity we want our elders to be healthy and safe and have access to proper medical care and we all i don't know if we all agree with that that's what i'm saying i don't but believe, I, think, but see, I, don't, I don't see that i think we do I think, but the problem is how we get it done i think that's where we don't agree when 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 you have a former governor say well the the older people you know they've lived you know, we just have to sacrifice them in order to get to, that does, to me tells me that you don't care about them and their needs. When you have people interact with our veterans and nobody has a mask on and veterans are dying, like, like older veterans, elderly, 60, 70, 80 year old veterans, and nobody is protecting them by wearing a mask. And you know people in your crew, your group, your, your lead, whatever, that people like, tested. 
But this is what I said before. There, there are people killing us. They're not looking out for us. So we as the collective where the power comes from, we need to allocate not only our time, our resources, and our voice to make sure, guaranteed, if we all got behind that as, as we got behind other things, and we demanded that not only do that action be accounted, accountable for, and you would never do that again, it's not going to happen. There would be a, a public apology, you know, my thoughts and prayers. I, I definitely cool. agree with that. I mean, that's evident in that situation with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Ahmad, uh, the, young, the oh. young guy that was jogging and he got gunned down by the father and son. Right, and it happened in February. And what did Snoop say? It's not because they saw it; it's because we saw it. Yeah, that like that's a running message, and it's true. And that at the end of the day, the people have to galvanize. But what I'm speaking about is that it makes it a lot easier easier when you have a leader who speaks on behalf of the people. You know what I mean? And not the I, I just it just it just annoys me. I just. I, I, I'm with you in that sentiment. I just no longer look at that leadership as. Leadership. Oh no. Yeah, you can't. And that's where I say we have to, it's going to be a new world where we're just going to look at, you know, people are getting their news from social media. Newspapers are falling by, by the wayside. I mean, I, I wake up in the morning and I, you know, I turn, I look at Twitter and I see what's trending and I'm like, damn, that happened. Like, that's where I'm getting my news. I don't even turn the news on in the morning anymore. What's going on in Huntington? How many people who got arrested? Or I'll, I'll go on my ring and see people were lurking around the neighborhood. They were gunshot. Whatever the case, and you're like, I'm getting that from my app, my ring app. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and then, like, when, when you think about spring open, you're like, look, no, I'm, look I'm, just, I'm just like, it, it bothers me on so many levels because like I'm I'm not gonna sit here and be like I'm uh, like I might die by, by go out there or I'm black and you know because I'm black you know this that but I, I, at the same time you see shit that's happening and you're like it's so that there's 40 arrests in Brooklyn 35 black four Hispanic and one white really and then they're handing out masks in central park yeah like what okay we don't need to spring open let's just get this shit under you know the people the businesses that are gonna fail are gonna fail and i'd rather honestly i'd rather a business fail than people die yeah you know what i mean and that, but and that's and this again this this is another thing where i say there's such a disparity when it comes to where our funds are being allocated so we have all these bailouts happening to these large companies but you know what i've always said this what drives um our economy is and will always be small business and the middle income consumer right because i think we spend the most we pay the most in our taxes um we're we're a larger number so where are these bailouts i have i have in my neighborhood we have a lot of um restaurants that are not going to be able to open up again right they qualify for bailouts right. and then you have people that are and then you no. see like the the lakers get a four million dollar small business how fucking what, dare what you what the hell how fucking dare you you what it, and then like like trader joe's or one of those supermarkets one of those supermarkets got 10 million it's like dare you? first of and all they, you're filing for that so <sighs> 
and this is and this is the thing again where where um, I will galvanize anyone that will listen. My money is not going to be spent um, in the same respect that, as it did before. Right. My energy is going to that. I'm not. I I am done allowing um, people dictate not only how but where but what. And not only that, I, I I look at I look at, you know, this this whole education with this whole education reform. You change this, and the only people that are going to have true, unbiased, and depth and breadth of education are those that can afford it. Because um, private schools and 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 um, home to a certain degree homeschooling um, don't have to follow the same curriculum as our public schools. But who's going to the people that school? decide to be home school their kids from now on? You There's never know. They, they might have realized, you know what, this in the in the first 21 days it was growing pains. Now we're in May. Like in March, it was probably difficult. I'm sure you could speak to that. By the time May came around, it's like, why am I sending them to school? Up and running. Um that's the only the only issue that I had was okay, everyone was trying to use a different app. I have to learn these logins, I have to like figure out. How do I get to this one, get to that one? I'm telling you, I'm at the point now when I, when I told my kids, because um, now in the state of New York, if they're closed for the rest of this academic year. Yeah. Um, they were like, so? And I'm like, you don't miss your friends? They're like, uh, we good, bitch. They're used to it. But not only are they used to it, it, but not only are they used to it, I have to tell you that the... So I have two, two third graders and a second grader. There's a certain level of um, uh, anxiety that is coming um, from school, and and the peer there's there's definitely so many benefits to peer to peer learning, um, but there's a certain level of anxiety that one of them has, and being home has completely taken that away, and it has I I've seen a growth and a progression that I wouldn't have seen before. Right. In a traditional setting. Although I am a huge proponent of the traditional setting. You got to make up, you know, you got to, I don't know. Maybe this will be the situation where, you know, you realize you just have to spend more time schoolwork with him, you know, at, during the school year. Mm -hmm. You know, like some kids need more like homework. Some kids breeze through homework. Some kids Mm -hmm. need that extra half hour. Well, it's, this anxiety is coming um, from something a little bit different that there's nothing I can do unless they're completely homeschooled, but they're going to have to learn how to deal with it because I do believe in a traditional setting. Yeah, and I believe, honestly, I, I believe in, in social, even though we social distancing now, social then, interaction is, is key, is essential. Yeah. And, and there's, there's so much to be learned with these extracurricular activities that these kids do as they grow. And then that's another thing. You take away this aspect, it's going to take away a lot of other social development needs that these kids have. You know, there's a lot of sports that come introduced in, in middle and high school, really, but middle and high school that they're not going to have access to anymore. Right. There's so many things that you're taking away from people that, that they need to grow as, as a well-rounded individual. You know, you and I can pinpoint um, while I was a cheerleader, some say it's a sport, some say not. There is some, like, there's a team level aspect where you know you're not the only one that needs to be counted on. But 
your your individual thing needs to be counted on. So there's there's a certain level of um, um, interpersonal relationship and, and career-wise, you learned a lot of things that take you into your career. We can pinpoint people that never went outside to play. We can pinpoint people that were never on a on an extracurricular activity. We, even even the way they speak and the way they process information that you're giving them, you can tell the people that didn't have that development, that social interaction, the yeah. teamwork, the group work. It's yeah, definitely definitely important. Definitely yeah, important. and I I just I like I said, and I'm going to continue to say my money holds power in, in this country. And, um, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm changing where, where that goes. And if, and if you didn't treat your employees well for this, even if you didn't take the bell out, you ain't getting shit from me no more. And, but you have to be diligent about that. Cause sometimes be sneaky. You'd be like, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, Oh yeah. Well, we don't want spring to open. We want spring to be here, but we don't want it to open. Um, spring is here, actually. So Spring sprung? Yeah, spring sprung. Um, but, you know, I'm okay with takeout. Fine. <laughs> I'm okay with, I got me some good food from Mama Teresa's yesterday. Holla. Big ziti. It was good. Bought it home. Oh, I got, right. it, got it delivered. It was good to go. Right. So, anyway. Well, good show. Good show. Where, where can they catch us? Yep, yeah, yes, 18 on Instagram and Twitter. The Yep, yeah, yep. The Yep, yeah, yes podcast on Facebook. And any streaming device that plays a podcast, all you got to do is say, device, please play the Yep, yeah, yes podcast. Minus device. Well, whatever device, like if it's Alexa, if it's oh, uh, okay. I, I, I Google. Got it. I got you. Device. <laughs> cool. All right, Holmes. Well, well, homie, happy, happy Titi's day. I, uh, I'm proud of you. Well, you know, Mother's Day. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a mother figure to my kids, and I know for your niece and nephew. But my kids learn. They so see much. that when they're older. Right now, they do. Older. They learn so much from you, and I, and I see. It's it's funny. I have I have an odd conversation I had yesterday. I'll share that with you quickly. Um, we were talking about uh, as they get older, and for some reason, one of them was just like, "When does everyone only drink when they turn 21?" I was like, "Uh, no. You're gonna you're gonna be in high school, and you're probably gonna be introduced to alcohol." And they're like, "I would never." And I go, mm, "You will. You will." But there's a difference be between having fun and being stupid. And we went through this whole thing, and it was like, "Listen." Um, you always have a lifeline that you can call. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, let's say you're somewhere and you're like shit-faced and you don't know what to do. Who do you call? They're like, uh, the police. I was like, call Titi. If you don't want to call me, call Titi. I'll call the police. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't know. They're like, if yeah. you need help, they're still young. And I was like, call Titi. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, she's your friend. She's, she's, she's there for you. And they were like, well would it be bad? And then we tell her not to tell you. And I was like, that's the relationship that you're going to have with her. That, that's, that's okay. She's there to help you. I'm there to help you. You call me, I'm going to be there to help you. I might have some questions, but. And you're going to need some answers. You're going to need some answers. 
and they're like, oh, we'll call Didi. But I was like, yeah, this is, you know, she's there for you. She's, she loves you enough to help you and listen to you and help you get out of a situation that you're no longer comfortable with. And it's about being safe. And we're all here to help you feel safe. And they're like, oh, okay. Good. Good to know. Well, hopefully yeah. I'll live to see that day. <laughs> or not. I should actually hope not to see that day. I don't want them to be, you know, drunk or in that situation. Anyway, yeah. let's, leave, let's leave on a good note. Do you have a message real quick for any moms out there? Um, you're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. That's all I got to say. You're doing great. Keep up the good job. And if you don't feel like you're doing a good job, take a moment, sit on it, think on it, and fix it. Just fucking fix it. It's about time. Just fucking fix it. Yeah, they are. Right. Happy Mother's Day. Can you wipe your kid's nose, please? Anyway. Oh, happy you think. Happy, happy Mother's Day, uh, uh, Mama Deborah, Pamela, Debbie. Um, Victoria. 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 Carmen. Um, and to all, you know, the, the mothers that have, the women that have lost their mothers, um, sorry to you. <laughs> I don't wow, know. That girl. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Rest in peace to your moms. Listen to everyone. And you know what? Even people fulfilling roles that perhaps that you didn't realize were designated to you. Everyone plays a mother, a mothering role in one way or another. Listen, right. you're doing a great job, sweetie. And if you don't think you are, sit on it, think, on it, fucking fix it. Exactly. All right, y'all. Happy Mother's Day. Till next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.